Welcome to the IEEE Technology Time Machine podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. While roaming the hallways of the IEEE Operations Center in Piscataway, New Jersey, you might bump into Dr. Bill Taunty, Senior Director for IEEE Future Directions. With an extensive background in semiconductor physics, including a working history with advanced dynamic random access memory semiconductor technology development, Dr. Taunty holds more than 280 U.S. patents. His core focus today is incubating technology initiatives within IEEE Future Directions. These identified technologies and formal initiatives engage IEEE and the general public with IEEE branded programs revolving around big data, the brain, cybersecurity, digital senses, green ICT, rebooting computing, smart cities, smart materials, software-defined networks, and 5G. And what better venue to spotlight these technologies and concepts than the IEEE Technology Time Machine Symposium. Our interview with Dr. Tonti unveils a wealth of information and an extensive passageway to a bright and exhilarating future where science fiction becomes reality. So TTM uh, is, a, is an event, a Technology Time Machine, which is occurring in a couple of days here in San Diego. I think it's our fourth, it, in Future Directions, and IEEE Future Directions, it's our fourth instance of this event. And, and what we like to do in this event is take a look at the technologies that we're incubating within the IEEE and gather information from experts around the world who can tell us we're on the right track or the wrong track, or maybe we need to change our course a little bit with how we're thinking. We do that all the time. So in every one of these TTMs, that's one piece of data that we use as input to say, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the wrong thing? What does it mean in terms of the overall technology landscape? We've learned a lot of things by running these TTMs and also doing the research that we do in our committee. And, and one of the things we learned, you, you had just described, which is uh, the technologies that we incubate are not necessarily unique or self-serving unto themselves. So there's a lot of intersections and cross-fertilization cross, uh, you know, in these technologies, and they need each other. So in today's environment, what, what's happening today if you look at the rise of, uh, of what's going on uh, in industry, you know, the need for a rebooting computing and to keep the technology improving in terms of its speed, density, power, a few other components, I can think of four or five, but if I just mentioned those three, to keep that on track, to be able to deliver the, the, uh, the hardware that some of the other technologies require in order to, for them to survive is, is imminent. So... I'll use two examples. Um, the semiconductor technologies that we have today are what are being thought that are going to be able to deliver IoT-related um, infrastructure, real infrastructure, and 5G infrastructure. So there's a lot of discussion on what technologies and what is the, what is the topology, the architecture look like to enable an environment where I've got this ecosystem that I can deliver IoT, Internet of Things, and I can deliver 5G. Many, many, many players have individual solutions, but the best solution is the one where we take the whole environment and say, again, here is the best of the best in terms of what we have from a rebooting computing paradigm, where we are today, where we're going, and what can be implemented in a roadmap to make all of these things work in the future. Uh, 5G requires you know, tremendous bandwidth. It requires new spectrum requires new radios. It, it needs to be ultra-low power because a lot of 5G is going to be in the environment. And it's going to be the backbone for what provides 
uh, in an IoT world, what provides zero latency to the devices and the infrastructure that needs it. So, for example, in an IoT world, if I'm in a, in a traffic situation and I'm looking at, you know, what do I need to do in order to get from point A to point B, that real-time that real time update that's coming through my GPS, which is also, you know, in this ecosystem, and communicating through maybe, I don't know, three, four, five hundred devices on a particular roadway and is, gear, and, is, and is changing, you know, instantaneously changing my course so that I have the best way to go from point A to point B, uh, is being communicated in a 5G environment, being collected in an IoT hub that comes back through my GPS, through some, you know, some service that has, that has paid for that, for example, that is, has, has that radio and is saying, okay, here's what you need to do. You know, there's an accident that just occurred at exit 56, I want you to get off on 55, you know, take a two-mile detour and go around and come back on the highway. So that, that, whole, that whole infrastructure I just talked about has a lot of these intersections that are taking place. So all of the initiatives we have uh, in future directions, and those are just a couple that I just mentioned, they're all working together to look at how does one area that's being worked on feed into the area that I need five, ten years down the road. I think our ability to detect minute, minute fluctuations in the environment that we live in will become a reality in the next couple of decades. So some of the things that are, that are in the labs now that are looking uh, sensor-based activities, that are looking at changes in the environment, you know, good and bad, um, will become commonplace in the future. And it, it, will, it will probably be, you know, spearheaded by environmental concerns maybe first uh, and perhaps um, activities uh, that, you know, are terrorist or generated by, you know, some, some, uh, somebody who's trying to do harm would be very easy to detect. I mean, today you see it in terms of the cameras that are everywhere. So, you know, there's a camera everywhere. The difficulty with that is somebody has to be looking at the camera. So there has to be a human behind it to say, you know, this is a problem. Here's the, here's the car that, you know, we, we're looking for and, uh, you know, go grab it. But tomorrow, tomorrow that might be sensor-based. So you, I, I can envision, you know, uh, a system where we have very, very good uh, ability to do facial recognition, uh, and instantaneous identification and match to, you know, physical things that people have, the clothes they're wearing, the car they're driving, um, even perhaps their, you know, their, um, their unique uh, aura of what they, you know, what, what their smell is. So you can imagine that there are sensors that people have everywhere that can pick all this up. And the, the ability to detect something in the future will be much, much better than what it is today. So I, I see that. Is that good or bad? You know, I, I don't know, but I think we'll have the ability to do that. Um, there's, a, there's a technology um, integration, again, kind of an intersection of, you know, current semiconductors, which may or may not be semiconductors in the future, but current semiconductors in this other environment called uh, microelectronic mechanical systems. So in these systems, these called MEMS, you could build uh, environmental sensors that don't need much information to make an accurate uh, analysis of, of anything. We see some of those exist today. Some of the, uh, the blood monitoring systems that people have for diabetes are a MEMS device. It doesn't require much blood to make that diagnosis and tell you know, somebody who 
may or may not need insulin that, you know, they need to change. They may even have a pump that delivers that automatically. The measurement and the delivery systems are becoming more automatic now. And they're non-invasive, so they're, you know, those systems are so small that when they take a sample, they don't prick your skin and leave a mark and take blood. It, it basically can move right through your, your outer skin layers without even causing damage. So imagine those kinds of sensors doing other things, detecting radiation or detecting environmental hazards or detecting some, you know, some pollutant that, uh, that's a real problem in the water that's coming down the system and basically shuts it down, cuts the lines. So imagine that is you know, in, uh, in the future and we were able to do it. You know, if I just look at Microsoft HoloLens, for example, their latest, they, they take the environment that's there today and they take the augmented, the augmented piece of that, they put it together, and that becomes your view. So imagine having you know, systems like that in the future where you can take the physical and the non-physical, put it together, and then create a new paradigm or a new result. That's what Microsoft is doing today. Um, and I'm thinking about that in terms of the recognition of, you know, that, of things I just mentioned. So all that, I think, in the next 25 years will be, will, be, will be out on the table. We will be computing without computers. So we will be computing um, in a virtual environment because the, computer, the compute power will be everywhere. So we won't have a tablet, we won't have a keyboard, we won't have an interface. We'll have the ability to compute without computers. The haptics piece will be gone. Thank you for listening to our podcast interview with Dr. Bill Tonti. Discover more about the IEEE Technology Time Machine Symposium and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at ttm.ieee.org.